the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks, and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with an awesome brother and and who is a pastor, a four-square pastor. I just found out. I didn't know that before. And uh, he's also a, a, an author. He is uh, an advocate. Um, he calls himself even the vagabond, a vagabond preacher. <laughs> We're going to learn all about today um, our guest, Barney Wiggett. Am I saying that right, Barney? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, just a little bit about your bio for the listening audience. Um, became a Christian in 72, 1972, served as a youth pastor for four years, planted three churches in the Bay Area, and lives and serves in San Francisco as a self-proclaimed vagabond preacher, as I said, doing street ministry in the Tenderloin and in Golden Gate Park, mentoring young leaders and writing for his blog, website, and podcast. And And so he has uh, a couple of different bo- uh, books that um, he has he uh, launched, one of which uh, he actually blessed me with, which is called Reaching Re- Rahab and uh, joining God in his quest for friends. And I was so grateful to receive your book. Um, I have not finished reading it yet, but I want to talk a little bit about that book in particular and some of the other books that you've written. um, I don't know if you know this, but there are so we've had so many authors on the show and aspiring authors and people who listen that want to become uh, an author. And so any insight that we can gain from uh, Barney in that regard is also uh, going to be a blessing this uh, this this uh, afternoon. So I just uh, really welcome you to the show and thank you for being here, Barney. Thank you very much. Yeah. And so um, so tell us, you know, you you've got this this rich history um, planning church. Churches and um, ministering to the people in the Tenderloin. Uh, you also partner with YWAM, which is where we met mm-hmm. uh, when I was speaking there. It must have been about two months ago. And uh, what a, oh my gosh, what a blessing to be there with the people that were there yourself and, and just 
just everyone that was at that evening has blessed my life in such a big way. I'm actually meeting with Cassandra later on today. I don't know mm-hmm. if you, you, I think you know Cassandra mm-hmm. and just um, the, the people that I've, I'm communicating with from that one meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was such a rich time together in the Lord. Anyway, I, so, so how'd you get started in all of this? You mean in San Francisco or in my faith Ministry, to begin with? In yeah. your faith. Yeah, so I, yeah, like you said, I got saved in 1972 in Chico, Northern California. Uh-huh. Uh huh. People of, get saved in Chico. They got saved in 1972. At least a couple <laughs> of us did. I'm sorry, all yeah. my Chico folks. I, oh, I'm I know. just being funny. I'm just being funny. No, it's party town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I sort of grew up there and uh, found Jesus there in the, at the end of the Jesus movement. Uh, first person that ever shared Christ with me was uh, we were up in a tree smoking weed and this Christian guy that had gotten saved on an acid trip in in uh, Hawaii uh, stood at the base of the tree telling us about Jesus. Yes. And so that was my first introduction to him. And uh, a year or so later, another hippie guy gave me a Bible and then, yeah, I came to Christ, was part of a four square church there in Chico, uh, felt called to be a preacher. Like right away. Mm. And so somebody told me about there's such a thing as a Bible college. Right. I went, dude, they have those? That's awesome. Where do I where do, <laughs> where I, do sign I go? Up? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I went to Bible college, went back to Chico, was the youth pastor, and then went to Santa Cruz to plant a church in nineteen eighty. And uh then uh in nineteen ninety ish, uh went to Pacifica to plant another church and then in San Bruno, uh, planted another one as well. So, wow! Yeah. So then we went back to Santa and when Cruz. you planted, just so I, so I'm un- uh, understanding, you came in with leaders and then they, no, not really. So it was just yourself. Yeah, in the big, the first one okay. in Santa Cruz, it was just us, and uh, and another couple did join us, and then we went from there. Pacifica, yeah, it was just us again. San Bruno, we had a few leaders, yeah. Okay. And so for for you, I just want to kind of understand. So for you, when you say planting, what does that mean? Yeah, we just kind of show up in a community, start neighboring people, Mm -hmm. hanging out with people, Mm -hmm. uh, sharing the Lord with people, and uh, just see what God does kind of. In Santa Cruz in particular, Pacifica was a little bit more structured, and San Bruno, just a little bit more, because what we did was we took some of the people from Pacifica to help us plant in San Bruno. But yeah, it's just about making relationships. You know, Jesus said, make disciples. He didn't actually say plant churches. He said, mm-hmm. make disciples. And that, but then he said, I'll build my church. So we'll, we're going to, we're going to build those disciples into a group of people called the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. That's awesome. So that's kind of what I visualized, but I just wanted to make sure I, sure. I I knew what you meant. And so you went into this these different, and it's it's kind of in a certain region. It's it seemed like it's very close by, and yeah. you began to develop these neighbor, you know, the, the the folks in these areas. Sure. And um and so and the Lord began to speak to you and say, um, what what did He speak over you? What what, what was the purpose that He was revealing to you as a pastor? Yeah, in each community, there was kind of a different, <clears throat> a little bit different uh, uh, 
thing that we were trying to accomplish, a different aspect of the kingdom that we're trying to portray. You kind of look for what is what the deficit is Mm -hmm. in a community where the kingdom is not being expressed. Mm -hmm. And you ask the spirit about how to fill in that deficit, how to come in the opposite spirit of that. Your kingdom come, your will be done Mm -hmm. on earth in Mm -hmm. this community Mm -hmm. as it is in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Okay. And so you progressed on and then was youth development always a part of that in the early days or did that just uh, come later? Yeah. I mean, as a youth pastor, of course, I invested myself in youth. Uh, Not so much as as time went on, um, as we planted in kind of multi-generational context. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that I love about YWAM is that there is that multi-generational and, and diverse, Even right? though it's Racially called diverse. Youth with a Mission. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's just for kids. Right. But it's not just for kids. And I'm not really a YWAMer, but I have a relationship with yeah. them. A wonderful, yeah. long-term relationship with yeah. them. Yeah, I I love that. Um, I love being in in communities like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. It just feels like kingdom. Yeah. Community. Well, that uh, base in particular in the TL, the tenderloin. Yeah. Is uh, it's it's kind of a unique situation because they bring people in groups in, and to do discipleship training schools, etc. And if you can if you can survive ministry in the TL, yes. then you, you we can send you on to some other place. You know? Right. Right. But it's a tough place. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know if I, I think I mentioned this to you um, when we met. I'm from, I'm originally from Pennsylvania up until the age of two. And then my mom and I moved to San Francisco. And so I was raised in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, uh, I was raised in the Mission District in the Fillmore District before they were gentrified. Right. right? And right. so, uh, you know, pretty uh, humble beginnings uh, and spent some time down in the TL. Um, just hanging out down there. But um, most of the time I spent was in Fillmore in terms of like sure. being hanging out, you know, and uh, in the mission. And so, um, you know, when I go down there now, uh, my heart just breaks, yeah. just breaks. I mean, you're going for blocks and blocks and blocks and there are people that are sitting next to each other on with their backs up against the whatever the building is that's there. And they've got their belongings sitting between their legs and they're sitting on they're sitting, sleeping, laying on a filthy ground, uh, urine, fecal matter, um, garbage uh, yeah. everywhere and um, shooting up many shooting of up, them, drinking, smoking, yep. Crack. You know, everything. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I've. Going down there, I've seen just women just laying there with no undergarments on, yeah. just laying on the side of the road. And yeah. um, we see something similar happening also in Oakland and some other cities, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's just um, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. And so when we come back, I want to talk to you about what you see. What do you see when you walk the streets as a vagabond preacher? Mm-hmm. So we'll come right back. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action 
and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. Again, we are in the studio with Pastor Barney uh, Wiggett, who also um, refers to himself as the Vagabond Preacher. He's doing street ministry in the Tenderloin in, in Golden Gate Park in the city of San Francisco and mentoring young leaders, uh, as well as writing books, writing his blog, website, and podcast. We're so grateful to have you on the show, Barney. Thanks. Um, and so tell us um, a little bit, as we were saying before the break, um, this this thing, this image of vagabond preacher and, and being assigned to the people in the Tenderloin in, in Golden Gate Park. What is the vision that God has revealed to you there for, for your purpose there? Yeah, one of my main mantras is where I am making friends with God. Making friends with God, you have uh, vertical. I'm trying to be a good friend of God's. Of his, but yeah. out with God horizontal yeah. making with God making other friends. Yes. So making friends with God. Yeah. So to me it's it's neighboring, it's it's friendship making. I mean Jesus they said he was a friend of sinners. And I don't think that means he was just nice to bad people. Yeah. I think it means that he enjoyed their friendship as much as they enjoyed his. Yeah. It's one of the things I talk about in, in uh, Reaching Rahab is mutualizing the marginalized. So people that are on the margins of society, people that are shoved aside and invisible to others, we find ways to come into friendship with them. And it's mutual, though, that I benefit from their friendship as much as they do mine, even if they're sitting there smoking crack, I'm, I still want to be, I usually back off if there's a drug deal being, you know, going down, but I'll hang out while they're smoking crack or shooting up or whatever and, and befriend. Yeah. And, but to me, it's not the old adage of friendship evangelism. Mm -hmm. That just always seems so disingenuous to me. Like Mm. I'm going to be your friend so I can tell you yeah, about Jesus. Yeah, as, and, and I'm only going to be your friend as long as you seem to be moving toward that. But if you're not, I don't want to be your friend. That, mm. that, that's that's how at least I pro, how I processed friendship evangelism. Yeah, I, that's not what I'm talking about. Making mm-hmm. friends with God. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I see that's, that that's people are a f- the potential friends of mine and of God's. Yeah, I mean Jesus came to connect us to the father yeah right do they know um the people that you're spending time with do they know overtly i'm sure they can discern it um somewhere there's something about that guy like i remember one guy saying to me you've got i see the cross on your forehead he would he would say to me i see the cross on your forehead and that was you know a huge compliment to me for me to not even tell him and him say that um and so is it that kind of thing where you don't necessarily share overtly um, Jesus and lead them to Christ, and you just you're just there, you're just present, or you do? Are there times when you're reading the Word with them and and praying over them? I mean, you use the word discern. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking for. I'm trying to have one ear to the Spirit and one ear to this precious, broken human being that God cares about, one ear to them. And so, yeah, I mean, sometimes I will just sit down and befriend somebody and it never even comes up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other times within the second sentence, hey, 
do you pray or what do you think about Jesus? And the way that I communicate friendship in the in Golden Gate Park and the Haight Ashbury is going to be a different than the, in the TL. There's those are completely different cultures. And so the vocabulary and the language is a little bit different, but the, I hope the, the spirit, spirit is the, the same. same. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right? yeah. No, I, and that's that's exactly how I roll. You know, it's like there there are times where I just want the person to know that they're loved. Right. That, that's that that's what the Lord has pressed upon my heart so right. heavily is just I just I see you. I, tell me your name. Right. I'm looking at your face. I see you. I see you. Yeah. I just want them to know that. That's right. And then, you know, and then I just pray that somebody will come and, and, you know, like says you're sowing a seed and then someone will give will water and God will give the increase. Right. Well, you said, tell me your name. I think that's key. Yeah. Vanessa, because a lot of times it's the guy that lives under the bridge. Yeah. It's the woman that's on that corner The people don't know their name. Even if they went and put a quarter in their cup. They and they pass by them every day. They don't know their name, but once you know somebody's name, now they're a human they're a person. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, the only time that Jesus named somebody in his parables was a guy named Lazarus, mm-hmm. not the guy that he raised from the dead, but in the parable, the rich man and Lazarus. Mm-hmm. We don't know the rich man's name. Mm. We know the poor guy's name. Yeah. That's opposite in our culture. We know every, you know, wealthy, person, yeah. famous person. We don't know the guy that lives under the bridge. Right. But once you know that guy that lives under the bridge, that his name is John. Right. And then you ask him, you know, you don't grill him, but you ask him his story and you tell him some of yours. Yeah. Now it's human, human. Yeah. It's it's person to person. Yeah. It's image of God connecting with the image of God because that person even if their life is degraded the image of God is present there's a spark of God's made in the image yeah Yeah, that's right so that's what really humanizes us both Mm. is the image of God a lot of times as evangelicals we are so focused on how different we are Mm. from unbelievers Mm. you know because we're you know kind of scared that we might you know backslide or whatever and so we say, well, we have the divine nature. They don't. Okay, true. But we share something, the image of God, the the image of God, not just the nature of God. Yeah. Nature of God, we don't share, but image of God, we do. And if we can connect with that. Yeah. You know, God's way out in front of us. Right. Wooing people to himself. Well, and you know what? I, I thank God for me. Uh, do you have kids, Barney? I do, too. Too. Yeah. So we can talk a little bit about that. Um, I thank God for the Lord allowing me to be a mother because I I literally have a mother's heart for them. Yeah, right. You know, I see them and they're, they're older than me, you know, they're 70, they're 80 and, you know, out there on the street, 70 years old. I mean, golly, right. And, and, and the Lord shows me them as in a little child, Mm. as in a Mm. young lady, as in an older lady at what, and he, and he speaks, he dances over them. He speaks his, his melodies and his harmonies over them. And I, I just, I'm just excited to see them. You know, oh, yeah. it's like, I, I can't explain the experience, but it's like my long lost child. Right. Huh? Right. Yeah. Well, that, you know, you say the harmony, I see that the spirit sings this, lo- uh, this love song. Yeah. To everybody. Yeah. Uh, they they might not have the volume turned up or whatever, but when then what we do as friends of God, we 
uh, harmonize. We try to harmonize with the spirit. Hmm. So we're 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 not starting the message. Mm-hmm. We are entering into the message. Yes. It's us it's not all on us. We it's can't not, go anywhere where God hasn't already been. Right. So he's singing and we just join in the harmony. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. So and I love that. Um and so so you go around and and uh, I'm just uh, I'm getting a funny image in my head now, Barney. <laughs> you, you dancing over all yeah, the well, people. Yeah. Get that out of your head. That's not happening. <laughs> you don't, don't want to use my flags. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to push him away. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would be really something yeah. to see. But you're in in your words and in your time. Yeah. And in the way that you think about them, thinking sure. good thoughts towards right. them. That's what the Lord says. I have, I think good thoughts towards you, you know? Uh, yeah. And, and so I'm just, um, just uh, encouraged to know that. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about your books and, you know, your first, you know, how, how this journey of becoming an author, how that began and this, this one book about rehab that you, uh, rehab that you, uh, have written and, and what's, you to do that and and where you're going with it now I know that uh, you are partnering with Freedom House and um, actually we had a Freedom House and, and Love Never Fills had a, a very powerful moment yesterday I'm so grateful for so I'll share a little bit more of that um, when we come back and thank you so much uh, for listening to Love Never Fails Radio to join in the fight for love visit loveneverfailsus.com don't go away Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. Uh, We are in the studio today with Pastor Barney Wicket, and uh, we are learning uh, about his ministry in the streets of San Francisco in the Tenderloin, uh, in Golden Gate Park. Um, another area that where he ministers to many is uh, his uh, in in writing books, and uh, we were going to talk a little bit about that. I you have a memoir, The Other End of the Dark uh, Chronicles of Your Own Season of Suffering. And uh, the prophets go to Freedom House from that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your second book, based on Old Testament story of the uh, prostitute uh, Rahab, uh, it's called Reaching Rahab, Joining God in His Quest for People, especially the marginalized and victimized. And half of the prophets from that book go to YWAM, San right. Francisco. So tell us about these books. How did that, um, how did that start? Well, I... The other end of the dark, the memoirs of uh, a chronicling uh, five-year period uh, in which uh, kind of the wheels came off in my life. I lost my marriage. Mm. I broke my neck mm. a month later. And a month after that, I was diagnosed with bone marrow cancer. Wow. So this this i call them my diminutive angels this couple took me in and just nursed me back to health i went through a bone marrow transplant my god and uh Ooh. lots of you know radiation and that's very painful isn't it yeah yeah wow bone marrow yeah. cancer i heard it, was very very painful it can be painful yeah that's what broke my neck as it dissolved one of my vertebrae so uh, so I had to have a, you know, a fusion of five of my vertebrae and uh, it was just a, you know, dark season for sure. 
so out of that came this book, The Other and, and End. Let, of, and let me ask you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, and, and you were a Christian at oh, this yeah, time. Oh, yeah. I was, I, I was pastoring. And you were pastoring. Yeah, yeah. When all this happened. Mm. I'd been 30 years into pastoring. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, I often get this question like, you know, we're, we're pastors, we're leaders, we're outward, we're serving God. And then we have these Job-like experiences, Yeah, I call right? it Jobian. Jobian, yeah. And so how do you, how do you make sense of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, why yeah. is just another letter in the alphabet? <laughs> you know, why me, God? Why not you? I mean, right. who are you? Right. And um, <clears throat> I mean, there's a whole theological way to... <clears throat> Uh, come to some sort of sense called theodicy, you know, the study of suffering and a good God. But bottom line was Jesus never let go of my hand, even when I was raging against him in confusion and difficulty, like a petulant child beating on his dad's knee and the father just knowing He'll get over this. He'll get get through it. We'll get through this mm-hmm. together. He mm-hmm. sees the you know the bigger, the bigger picture, picture. Mm-hmm. and that's what this book is about. The other end of the dark. So, mm-hmm. a year before this transpired, uh, a brother prophesied over me about me going into a tunnel and being in that tunnel and then emerging from it. And he and I both interpreted that to mean something that had already gone on in the past in my life, some suffering, etc. But after this all happened, I looked back and went, no, that's he, that was the spirit preparing, preparing me. You. Mm. And so the book is about those three pieces, going into the dark, living in the dark, and then gradually emerging from it when God then, because uh, I figured maybe I, you know, it was done using me in a life of service way, but even began to renew that sense of calling. And that's why I went to the city. Yeah. Wow! So, to do so that. you were nurtured back to health somewhere else in a in these friends' home in in San Francisco in, in Pacifica in Pacifica in they, that same place. Yeah, they had I had pastored them back in the nineties. Oh wow! And they're twenty years my senior, and they're just they've taken people in over the years, and they took me in. And so they were part of your church plant. Oh yeah, they were. Yeah, I mean, we discussed with. Yeah, we met each other in the process. Yeah. Wow, yeah, see yeah. that? Yeah, I know. I, I've said we to the Lord, sow seeds that we don't even know how right. they'll come back around. That's right. Huh? That's right. No, yeah, yeah. Diminutive angels. I yes. Call them. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So, so there you were. You were serving God. Uh, you know, people will be wondering, uh, and I'm sure your book touches on this. It does. Did did. Was was there a moment when the enemy got in? Oh, well, yeah. The enemy just loves to lurk around dark places, right? Yeah. But see, that's the difference between a cave and a tunnel is a tunnel's got a way out. Yeah. You know, there's another end of yeah. this. A cave, yeah. you're, you're stuck. Um, oh, yeah. The enemy lurks in the dark. But, man, I had healing in the presence of God and yeah. forgiveness that went on and forgiving others and myself and even this is a little of a stretch for some people but even for, for, i call it forgiving god not that he makes mistakes but from our vantage point it looks like the this natural. is yeah mm-hmm. you just don't know what you're doing yeah and of course he does mm-hmm. but he can handle us that, being in that mindset huh? absolutely yeah. read the psalms read yeah. job right 
And they were not, oh, thank you, God, all the time. Right. Job says, you know, curse the guy that gave my daddy the news that I had been born. Right. So take me now. Take me now, Lord. Right. Yeah. So I don't think faith is, you know, always. Jonah. (laughs) Yeah. I want to die. Yeah. I I did a sermon uh, at, um, oh, gosh, uh, San Francisco uh, Lighthouse. And what he gave me was Jonah. And it was just funny as I was digging into it. I never saw this before that Jonah was like suicidal. Like he. Oh, yeah. Like I I just it just didn't click for me that he there were so many instances where he was just like, you know what? I did it. I'm not going. They're not going to listen. Even after they did listen. I want to die. It's right. like, dude, are you? Right. I, come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. what are we doing here? Right. But uh, you know, we get we get we lose sight of God, but He never loses loses sight of us. Huh? I mean, all He's got is flawed people to work with. Yeah, He's always on Plan B. Yeah. Ever since jo- uh, Adam and Eve, it's always been Plan B. Yeah. And so he can work with that. That's why it says he works all things together, together for, for good. good. Yeah. yeah for it doesn't mean all things are good. Yeah. It mm. means he works them together, together. for good. That's good. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I never, I felt abandoned at times and I told him so. Mm-hmm. One time I was with my friend, uh, we were driving down to get some medical care for me and, uh, I was just shaking my fist at God and, and yelling at him and my friend, he didn't really do this, but I kind of visualize him as swerving to miss any, you know, saying, God, you know, it's him. He's the man that's yelling at you, not me. Don't, so yeah, yeah, don't yeah. judge the pickup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't put and, me in a crash. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, but God can handle our, our petulance as long as it's not, you know, all, you know, for the rest of our lives, petulance. Right. Yeah. For a moment, a yeah. moment of petulance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Of course. We're mm, just kids. Mm, We're just kids. Mm, yeah. Ugh. And boy, do we love our kids. So you have two kids. I do. They're 35 and 32. Wow. And so they've got uh, babies. Oh, your grandpa. That are the love of my life, these two little grandbabies of mine. Oh, how sweet. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a grandmother as well. And it's just, it's it's a different thing. I tell you, it's a very different thing. When I see my son pick up his daughter, I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm going to (laughs) cry. Yeah, absolutely. I feel my eyes getting wet right now. (laughs) It is so pathetic. Yeah. Oh, and I'm shameless in that regard. I, I just adore these little baby girls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, sweet. So we're going to take a break. I want to talk about now uh, your your book Rahab and uh, uh, reaching Rahab and uh, and what inspired you to uh, write the book and um, the the work that you're doing with Freedom House. Uh, whom we we love so much, uh, the folks over there um, that are doing just wonderful, wonderful work. So I want to share a little bit about that as well. So we'll come right back. And thank you so much for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back, and thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with our vagabond preacher from SFC, uh, (laughs) Pastor Barney. 
Wiggett, and we are learning all about um, his journey and the ways in which he has shared his life with all of us and what a blessing it is. Um, I wanted to take some time to talk about your book, Reaching Rehab. And um, just first of all, what what inspired you to, uh, uh, you know, kind of talk about this topic? Um, you know, I think in the last couple of years, it's been more, I say, visible, uh, this issue of human trafficking. Um, but, you know, it is kind of a, it's historically, it's been a taboo topic um, that uh, the church doesn't really address when it's addressed. It is... Um, uh, almost, you know, you don't want to, um, you know, be living like harlots and prostitutes and, you know, in, in this very right. negative light right, right, right. and not really seeing the heart of the person that is, is having this experience. Right. And so tell me, tell me what, what, what caused you to uh, have a heart for this? Well, I, I love the fact that the first, and I'll put it in quotes, convert in uh, the promised land was a pagan prostitute. Mm-hmm. That just blows my mind. Right. And so when I was reading through the Old Testament and seeing God at work in all these people that didn't have a Baptist down the street or a Bible on their nightstand, mm-hmm. but just they had a revelation. Yeah. Rahab had an an enormous revelation. If you read the story in Joshua 2, you see how she calls God Yahweh. So she knows a bunch and they have heard the story of the Red Sea and they're... There and so when the scouts show up to her, uh, to her house, <laughs> her uh, business, uh, they, I think they were more blown away by her revelation than she was by theirs. Yeah. So there was kind of an accidental evangelistic encounter. Yeah. On their part, they were on reconnaissance, and yet they encountered a person a pagan prostituted person that uh, had a revelation of God. And all she needed was uh, kind of a pathway into the covenant uh, covenant with God. And so the whole red rope, uh, you know, and the, the, you know, usually when we read that story, it's all about the conquest of Jericho, but there's this other story about right. this, woman this woman and her family. Right. She stuck around to evangelize her family. And then she ends up in the, uh, in the Jewish camp, marries a Jewish man, has kids, and ends up in the lineage of Jesus. And three times she's in the New Testament, you know, in Matthew, Hebrews, and James, yeah. and in the Faith's Hall of Fame. So I, I started writing this because I felt as though God had called me to San Francisco uh, to minister to, to Rahab's. And I just see people with a revelation whose life may have been completely wrecked by their choices, other people's choices. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter whose choices. There's a wrecked human being that God loves. Yeah. A Rahab. A Rahab. And Mm -hmm. I would, I was a Rahab as a kid. People would not have voted me most likely to become a Christian. Right. At least likely. Yeah. Definitely. So. So as I began to kind of research God's quest for friends, I saw it in scripture. I saw it in the relationships we were making on the street and uh, kind of all kind of came together for me. And I just thought I wanted people to see that sharing the love of God with people on the margins is not so difficult. No. We're just 
we're just entering into this quest of God that he's inviting us into. Yes. He's already doing it. We're just, you know, remember in As in the story uh, in the uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe in Aslan was, you know, at, at one point running and it says that Lucy uh, was on her on his back. And I just see that as the co-mission of mm, God. That on. We're going that with Jesus. Yeah. He, it, we're, he's running yeah. and we're just hanging on. We're hanging on to this hair. Yeah. It's mane, huh? Right. <laughs> and it's not, it's not so much, I got to go do this thing. Oh yeah. my gosh, it's guilt. Guilt. It, it really works for about thirty seconds. It wears out. It, it sure does. You know, it'll it won't get to get you to the extra mile, right? No, it won't. Yeah. And so, if we can find ourselves, or shame, any of that, none of that. Mm. Yeah. And so, people that need people, rich folk and poor folk, uh, all folks need Jesus. Yes. And I feel God, you know. But you see Jesus more leaning toward the poor, and you see him. Uh, ministering to the poor predominantly. Most of his miracles were done for poor people. Most of his interactions were. And uh, and he said it's hard for the rich man to enter into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So why are we spending most of our budget on trying to evangelize rich folk Right. when God uh, just said, you know, it's a gospel to the poor? Mm-hmm. And so, so anyway, I just see Rahab as a, a great example of a person that God loves and it was this uh divinely divine opportunity uh that they had with her to bring her into relationship with the father yes you know um a couple things so one uh, about rahab for me that was so encouraging so i come from a line of exploited people uh so my grandmother was an exploited woman and my grandfather was a buyer um, and then he was married um, and uh, and went, you know, basically did not have anything to do with my dad's side of the family. And so I, you know, when I learned these things, I learned that different people in my family have been exploited or been ab- abused and, you know, a lot of sexual perversion. I had a lot of um, shame about that. And um, and when I saw Rahab's lineage yeah. That Jesus was in yeah, yeah, yeah. her bloodline. Yeah. I can't tell you what it did for me right. and how it edified me yeah. to know that I get to be part of the bloodline of oh, Jesus. Yeah. And also my grandmother was in that and my grandfather is in that. And we all are. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and just to know that he's redeemed us all and, uh, and anything that was unclean that we were part of for whatever the circumstance, it's never separated us from his love or his calling or yeah, his right. purpose. And so when I go and I speak to people, it's with that um when I you know, when I go down in the tenderloin and I minister to people there, it's it, I, it's just hard for me to see them in as anything other than a child of God, right? You know that 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 he he loves, and you know because of because of what Jesus has done for them, and so, you know, the other thing that that when you said the thing about the uh, the people um, uh, ministering to someone who's rich, you know, I, th- I thought about. Um, George Mueller, right? Do you, you know the story yes, of George of course, Mueller? Of course. And so the reason why people spend a lot of time ministering to rich folk is because they need the money. Right. You know, it's not that they're really trying to lead them to the Lord half the time. Right. It's give me the money so I can I can reach 
the 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 poor. But you know, they end up not reaching the poor though once they get the money, right? Right. And, and so what I'm realizing, and this is something God has really stretched me on in the last three years, is just go and be with the people that I've assigned to you. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. And I'll I'll send the money. Yeah. The money's getting sent. That's right. You're, you're going to bump into somebody oh, yeah. on your way there, yeah. on your way back yeah. that has the money. Right. And you're going to say, I just came from such and such a place. Right. And they're going to say, oh, God's going to prompt them. So. And they might not even know the Lord. Yeah. And it'll be like, man, I don't know why, but I'm going to get Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happens to me all the time. Does I love it? that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. takes care of sparrows, right? Yeah. So why not That's us? That's right. That's right. We just got to walk in that. We got to believe that and not be distracted, huh? Yeah. And so you have this heart. Um, you know, we're going to take a break here in just a second. We're going to come back and talk about ways that people can get your book and, and so on. But you, you have this heart for uh, the women and men that are being exploited, um, that are that are burdened, that are marginalized. Uh, and you're, you're giving of your life. And I, I, just in a few words, tell me, um, is it worth it? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, Paul said, I don't even, I don't, I don't even concern myself with my life except that I finish the race and uh, complete the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. I mean, what, I, what else is there? What else is I mean, for me, and not that everybody's supposed to be a preacher. I mean, we all have different assignments from God, but oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I yeah. wouldn't have it any other way. There you go. All right. We'll be right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back, and thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. Um, we are, again, just so grateful to have Pastor Barney Wiggett in the studio today and um, and to be talking about his books and his heart for the marginalized, for the, uh, for the abused, for the addicted, for those that are, um, and for the beloved, All right? Yeah. And so... How can people learn more? How can people purchase your books, learn more about what you're doing, and also support Freedom House? I know that you and YWAM, so you're supporting both of these organizations. How can they get more involved with what you're doing? Well, the books you can find on Amazon. So The Other End of the Dark and Reaching Rahab or Barney Wiggett, W-I-G-E-T. You can find them on Amazon. My website is Barney Wiggett, B-A-R-N-E-Y-W-I-G-E-T dot com. Uh, Freedom House's website is freedomhousesf.org. And uh, yeah, Freedom House, I, when I came to, real, uh, to start thinking about uh, trafficking, I, well, I thought, well, there's prevention, there's intervention, there's aftercare. Prevention, I'm not smart enough for that. Uh, intervention, I'm not strong enough for that. 
uh, aftercare, I can do that. It's pastoral. Yes. And so I don't personally do the aftercare, but I advocate for Freedom House. So it's uh, the Monarch is a house in uh, San Mateo County. Mm-hmm. And so we there's specialized trauma therapy that happens, you know, as a pastor. I would often have to refer people to uh, other counselors when their needs were over my head. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, there's nothing that's more over my head than the trauma, the PTSD that a trafficked woman or girl experiences. And so Freedom House does that. Yes. You know, one uh, person said to this little uh, homeless little girl, they said, it's it's a shame that you, you and your family don't have a home. She said, well, we have a home. We just don't have a house to put it in. Mm. And uh, Freedom House is a home and a house. Yes. So it's a place to be, but it's a family. It's not just a facility. Yes. And so uh, there's all the, the, you know, the resources that a person needs to come to wholeness uh, after the the tragedy of, of you know, trafficking. Of, of trafficking. And so we have an upcoming event, a, a, a fundraising event called Blues Gives Back. Awesome. On Sunday, November 18th at four o'clock at the Poor House Bistro Studio. Awesome. I've never been there. Uh, in San Jose. And you get tickets online through Freedom House or you can buy them at the door. But yeah, Freedom House does such fabulous work to help people uh, get repaired. You know, there's upstream, downstream justice. And I think of this stream as a sewage-filled river that people are pushing women into in order to gain for themselves and not caring for their lives at all. And so there's prevention at the top to keep people from being pushed in. And there's intervention partway down to pull them out of the sewage. And then there's aftercare for those that have been pulled out Mm -hmm. and that have survived. Uh, That's what Freedom House does. Awesome. So um, the event is when? It is November 18th, Sunday at 4 o'clock. Perfect. So you heard it here. Um, uh, Support the event. Support Freedom House. Support uh, Pastor Barney Wiggett and his his books. Um, You can go to his website for that. You can also connect with Love Never Fails in a couple different ways. One is on the uh, 4th, uh, we have our Love Our City Community Prayer Time. We're encouraging you to pray in your cities, uh, local cities. We're actually doing a, a big prayer event in Hayward. So if you're interested, reach out to Chantel at prayer at loveneverfailsus.com. Uh, also, we have um, the uh, uh, UNA um, Berkeley Human Rights Forum, forum uh, 1 to 4 uh, on the 10th of November. United Nations Association of Berkeley is celebrating their 70th anniversary. And uh, if you want to learn more about that, reach out to Heidi. We need some volunteers there. So that's Heidi. H-E-I-D-Y at loveneverfailsus.com. We also have our street outreach on November 17th, 7 p.m. to midnight. Uh, Do uh, join up with Angela uh, for that, and you can reach out to her at streets at loveneverfailsus.com. And then we are doing a fundraiser, and this is more of a save the date. Save the date for February 23rd, 2019. Woohoo! Having a fundraiser in in Danville, and more information to come, but you can 
can find all of this on our website at loveneverfailsus.com forward slash events. Uh, we are a listener supported uh, radio show. So please feel free to join us and become a member of Love Never Fails by going to loveneverfailsus.com forward slash donations. And um, and then, of course, don't forget to stop by our store, which is in Hayward at 22580 Grand Street um, in Hayward. And that is uh, 12 to 5 p.m. We have all kinds of goodies and we are, are employing the survivors that are in our homes in uh, that location. So uh, please, uh, that are in that are in our home, we have one home, as you all know. Um, uh, we used to have a couple, but we have one home. And so we, we definitely want to get you out there to support and uh, love on the ladies and love on the staff. And of course, we want to make sure that if you haven't heard it before, we want to make sure that you know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Give up a chance, give up your General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.